0: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is
1: Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the
0: Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, July 24th. I'm Liz Dolan. I am in Bend, Oregon. And uh, Julie Dolan is with me.
1: Julie Dolan, you are in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. How's everything there? It's delightful, Liz. You know, it's a great place to be in the summertime and in the wintertime, but I particularly like it in the summer.
2: Yeah.
0: Actually, in the interest of full disclosure, because there's been a lot of talk this week about lying and not lying and plagiarism and not plagiarism, I should say, it's not really Sunday. It's
1: really Friday. It's really right. Friday. I know. I was really uncomfortable that you said it was Sunday because we're going to talk about a few newsy things. I know, and then but I was we're thinking gonna, yeah. in my mind, what if something else happens? I know, okay. You're right. You're
0: right. I take okay. it all back. It's, 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 we are recording the Sunday show on Friday people. Yes. Like occasionally okay. we have a Tuesday show on Thursday. Now yeah. what you're getting is a Sunday show on Friday, but you're not really getting it on Friday. I think you're still getting it. Well, you're going to get it whenever I finish ed- editing it together. So that, that's spirit, Liz. that's spiritless. It's
1: kind of a good tease, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. it's Just keep keep people in their place, right? Uh, yeah, no, listeners. don't don't get uppity about when you get your podcasts. You get them when you get them. That's that's how we roll. here.
0: We just want people on the edge of their seat, Julie. Mm-hmm. Uh, But we do have a special event in today's show. Later on in the show, we have an interview with Faith Staley. Uh, You know her as a contributor on uh, the CBS News show Sunday Morning, which is a very, very fine piece of television. She's also a panelist on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So she's always super funny on that show. Uh, yeah, we've
1: talked We've talked about this book. Um, you know, we mentioned that we were going to be interviewing her. Um, it's a great read, perfect for the summertime. Yep. Yeah, the title
0: of her book is Approval Junkie, Adventures in Caring Too Much. And she had me at Approval Junkie because who doesn't relate to that as a uh-huh. concept, right? Anyway, so Faith Saley coming up later in the show. Uh, but first, Julie, can I just say we should have some special fanfare for this, but you called it, sister, you called it.
1: I know, Liz. Can you believe it? There was breaking news that Roger Ailes, who's head of the Fox News Department, is stepping down after nearly 20 years, one of the most powerful men in cable television – be uh, based on the allegations of sexual harassment. Now, we talked about this. I know that many people who listen to our podcast, uh, and I respect this, would never watch Fox News. But there are a couple of excellent women over there. That's <laughs> yes. what I have to say. There, I have several sisters, several satellites of my own sisters that I, I, I'm sure have no idea where Fox News is <laughs> on their cable channels. Okay? But I'm just saying that one of the people I admire because she was smart, Always prepared and had to work with dumbbells is uh, is Gretchen Carlson. Okay,
0: dumbbells in the form of people, like yeah, two men. She worked with these two men that were dumbbells.
1: Yes, yes, there were there were dumbbells. Um, But she uh, she did not have her contract renewed. She was a a daytime co host host over there. And uh, shortly after her contract expired, she filed a sexual harassment suit. And I think, you know, and took a lot of heat for it, Liz, you know, you know, taking on Roger Ailes, you know, because he was again because he's so powerful. You know, people uh, criticized her and said it was just because she didn't get her contract renewed or she had low rating, you know, all the awful stuff right. mm-hmm. that you can expect. Well, guess what? Several other women that had worked for Fox News we don't know whom, but but have come forward and said, yes, indeed, the same thing happened to me. And so now Roger Ailes is stepping down. So, you know, Liz, you have, you have, um, you know, I've always admired the fact that you stand up, you speak your mind, and sometimes it creates a little backlash, but (laughs) you know, you have, but you have the courage to do that. And I really admire that. And, uh, and, you know, I think this is a case where, You know, Gretchen saw something that was not right, experienced something that was not right. She said she did it for her daughter and, you know, for the next generation. And so hats off to her. That's what I say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Julie. Plus, I feel like it's a case where... Everyone knew this was going on for many years, but because none of the women uh, in the organization were in a position where they felt like they could stand up and push back against it, it was just allowed to go on and on and on. So, you know, when Gretchen stood up, that was sort of prying the lid off something that was pretty tightly sealed. And it sounds like when Megan Kelly also stepped forward and said, right. oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, that that was sort of the uh, the kiss of death for Roger Ailes. Well, okay, well, interesting way to begin the political political season.
1: Just stay uh, noisy. Yeah, that's stay right. Stay noisy. I, that's why we have. Stay noisy. That that's
0: hashtag stay noisy. People, we love it when you stick up for yourselves. Um, all right, so it has been a a, a long week of convention watching.
1: <laughs> Uh, you're a big politico. Okay. And uh, so, but here, as we have this discussion, I'll just tell you my framework for this entire political season is I just totally respect everybody's point of view. (laughs) I I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm not, I am not going to talk to anyone about anything political. I'm going to go ahead and consume all the information I want. I'm going to vote. I'll do the whole thing. But I, I just, I, you know, I just don't, I, I'm, I don't want to hear all the vitriol on, uh, on both sides. Uh-huh. But anyway, so, so I'm not, I don't really want to know your point of view, but okay. I do, I am interested to know, I know that you love, you know, you love politics. Uh, I do too. Uh, so what's your approach to convention watching, to co- convention coverage? Well, I got to say,
0: Julie, I'm at sort of a technical disadvantage here in Bend, Oregon, because my setup Does not include any kind of a DVR, right? So there's no recording device where I can, for instance, be out having a life and then also come back and see the news coverage that I want to see.
1: Oh, Oh, because you like to watch multiple shows simultaneously. Yeah, okay. I I do. I do.
0: Yeah. And, but I also know that, like, I don't want to spend all of the week that just ended and all of next week just inside watching television that's you know from and because of the time difference with Cleveland it started at like 5 p.m every day this week and that's just too early you haven't finished having your life so this was a particular problem last night last night was the big Trump speech and uh and also setting him up was his daughter Ivanka so I wanted to see both of those of course but then I got a text from our sister-in-law Susan Mm -hmm. To say there's a beautiful outdoor music series here in Bend, Oregon that takes place in Drake Park, and they call it Munch and Music. So that that sounds good. Two yeah. things,
1: like, eating and listening to music. OK, yeah. I mean,
0: so it's like food trucks and food stands. And of course, a lot of artisanal beers and, you know, craft beers and things. And then uh, then they have a little band shell. And so people come and play music. Well, last night appearing and this is free. So last night appearing at Munchin Music was the band uh, The English Beat. Who you may recall from the eighties. Oh. You remember oh, yeah. English beat? Oh yeah. I, the, I think their most famous song would be Mirror in the Bathroom. Remember that song? I'll play it at the end of the show for anyone <laughs> that does I'll just I'm just taking Don't sing it. But uh, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Carry on. Anyway, so Susan texted me and said, Fiona and I are going to munch of music. Uh do you wanna join? And it was the English beat, so yes, I really did. But it started at five thirty. Which is the same time when things are really heating up in Cleveland with no DVR, Julie. I don't know. Uh What was it?
1: I'm sure you had clammy hands. What was I supposed to do? Yeah. I don't know. You said no, right? And stayed home, didn't you?
0: I I said no and stayed home. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. But the worst part was. I am close enough to Drake Park so that you hear the music anyway. So it was like taunting me all night as I'm watching the wah, 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 wah from, you know, both the stage and all of the commentators afterwards. Uh What I'm really hearing, what I'm really attracted to is the music of the English beat wafting on the bend breeze into, uh, into my living room. So, I kind of regret my choice, but it was dictated by my technical capabilities, which are which are substandard.
1: To, okay, you know, Liz. well, I'm sure you're you're going to address that by, by next
0: week. You got a big <laughs> week coming up, right? Oh, good point. Maybe there's I don't know. There's just. I, yeah, I, I do have to figure out how I'm going to deal with that. Maybe the East Coast time zone would be a little bit better than, I don't know. But you're right, Julie. I, I do have to figure and, and,
1: and as my uh, granddaughter Alice always says to me, Nana, you have a phone. Okay, you have a phone, Liz. <laughs> There's all kinds of live streaming things I know. that you, that you yes. could have taken. It would have been kind of not well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, do want to be at a nice to be, little uh, munch music yeah. with your phone listening to uh, the convention. That yeah. might not have worked. Yeah, I okay. definitely
0: don't want to be that person.
1: Okay. You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not yet. Anyway.
0: And not exactly. Yet. And I, I hereby give you permission. If you ever see me being that person, okay. you are allowed to tell me to stop. Okay. Because because we'll
1: pull you back. Pull you back. That's from the annoying.
0: Col- I, I, I mean, the whole point of Lizness, not business is is to be more present in my daily life enjoying yes. things right yes yes so. mindful
1: Very, yes that mindful living Liz. Yes. that's good that's good so sitting
0: yeah. in the park munching with music while also listening to wah, 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 wah on my phone from from CNN or whatever that is not a good exercise of mindfulness so okay, uh, okay. so i knew that i had to decide julie and decide i did
1: Anyway, okay. so you're
0: so you're in Colorado this week partly because you and your husband and your sisters-in-law are digging out your in-laws' house. Both of your in-laws passed away last year. Yes, and yeah. now there's the house in the middle of nowhere.
1: And uh, and did I mention it has a giant barn too, Liz? Oh, really? Liz. Also full yeah, of now, stuff. Oh gosh, Liz. Yeah. Yes. Just, just. Just that was that. Uh, really, we just I. Took me to my knees when we opened the barn door and saw how much it was in there. You know, as my mother in law passed first, and then my father in law uh died last uh last November. And, you know, one one of the things he was very concerned about as he was as he was dying was, was about this ranch, this house that they had built and, you know, that this was their life. They lived in rural Colorado and they loved it there. And, he you know, and he kept like pressing uh, my my husband and my two sister-in-laws to, you know, like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with the ranch? You know, you know, he was very worried about it. And we didn't want him to worry. You know, we didn't, you know, as is in his final months, we didn't want him to worry. So we said, you know, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. But now, now, now I understand what he was so worried about was that barn. Cause it was, <laughs> there was so much stuff and they had lived up there for like 45 years. And, um, you know, unlike an urban setting where if, you know, you have a piece of furniture or a poster that you don't want anymore, you just put it out on the street. Right. Yeah, and right. it is sent into the universe somebody picks it up and it's the free cycle cycle system free cycling okay well there's no free cycling out here so I think what my father-in-law just kept doing was putting things in the barn so there was like three sets of uh, porch furniture three Uh, different (laughs) sets uh. of and as far as I know you cannot take three chainsaws to heaven with you you know (laughs) you can try you know but Oh. So, you know, so it was just, it was a, a very, even for me, you know, a professional mover packer that I am, uh, this was a daunting task and one that, you know, you really had to do respectfully. It wasn't like you could just, you know, um, I know Liz, one of your dig outs, you just got yourself a dumpster and, uh, you threw things out a window, right? Yes. Please?
0: Yes. When I moved out of my Portland house, the advantage to the design of that house being built into the side of the hill meant I could put a dumpster in my driveway, but stand in my kitchen window, which was one story up, and just throw everything out the kitchen window into the dumpster, including mattresses, all kinds of stuff, just got launched out that window and landed in the dumpster. And then it just disappeared at the end of the week, Julie. It's the ideal scenario.
1: Well, we did not have that, Liz. So, and, and there was, you know, there's just a lot of sorting through things, things that were very memorable to, for my husband, my two sister in laws, and they each had what I would describe as kind of different levels of, you know, how much stuff they wanted to take, you know, so that you just had to be respectful. So we're, so I would say yesterday was, you know, we are pretty much done now, but it was, uh, it was a bigger journey job and i'm never taking on if i find out that there's a barn involved in any other dig take out i'm out okay because is that thing with those i mean just the tool you can put a lot in a barn that's yeah. all i'm saying you yeah. know so that that was kind of uh, crushing but we're on to uh Next week, in fact, starting tomorrow, Nana Camp starts tomorrow. This is the second season of Nana Camp uh, out here in Steamboat Springs. My two oldest grandchildren, all four were invited, but my two oldest grandchildren, Alice and Ben, are going to be out here um, for two weeks. Now, this, um, this summer, the session is a little sh- uh, shorter. Um, but it's a freestyle session, Liz. That's oh. the theme because <laughs> I have nothing planned for them, you know, cause, cause it's a little, it's a little later in the summer. And so while last summer I signed them up for as many. Free organized activities as I could in Steamboat Springs, you know like programs at the library and skating lessons and tennis lessons and you know swimming what- whatever this they're coming a little later, so um so it's all up to me uh so Which will be good. I think, I think I'm up to the challenge. Um, but I am going to make sure that I institute a rest hour. Like really. really. For you. For (laughs) For me. Nana needs a rest. For for the head counselor. Yeah. I, I need a break in the middle of the day. Like everybody's going to just have to go to their rooms. And, uh, just have quiet time. So, um, but it should be fun, Liz. So, uh,
0: based on on what I've been seeing on Facebook from your daughter-in-law, Vera, she was at home in Kyrgyzstan visiting her parents with these same grandchildren, right? So they've just come back from, what were they in Kyrgyzstan, a month or something? It looked like they They were were over a
1: month. So my daughter-in-law is just, I mean, she is courageous and ambitious (laughs) because she traveled with all three kids, Liz. Uh Okay from Dallas to New York to Moscow to Bishkek Kyrgyzstan okay wow. that is a trip okay and then back again and then you got to come back right and then you have to come <laughs> back so she had them there they were visiting with her parents they had a wonderful time and it's great for them because um it's uh, that's their russian language camp so they're only speaking russian when they're over there and uh and that's you know to be bilingual, that's a good thing. That's what I said. <laughs> so, so you're, you're just show. doing, you're just doing English language camp? Is that what's England, happening at So It's just, we have none of that. There's no language enrichment at my camp. It's all outdoor fun, Liz. That's what I, what I, what I try to do other than, you know, the rainy days where we'll probably um, go see some movies. Okay. And I, I want to thank the satellite sisterhood. I got some excellent advice about, um, apps and websites about where to go. For you know, to find out about which movies are appropriate for kids. So I just, yeah, because you
0: thought my advice was not really I, I, sound. as soon
1: as I asked you. As soon as I asked you, Liz, should I let my grandkids? No, I knew that was a mistake.
0: I would be the first to admit it's a mistake. So it's not like I was trying to position myself as a children's media expert. But that's good. I'm glad that the Satellite Sisterhood came through with some recommendations yeah. for you. Yeah. They're they're always there. All that stuff gets posted on the Satellite Sisterhood. Facebook group. Okay, well, Julie, the reason we are talking to Faith Saley today is because when I saw the title of her book, it just immediately appealed to me, and I thought you, others of the sisters, and others in the extended Satellite Sisterhood would totally connect with this idea: approval junkie, adventures in caring too much.
1: I mean, isn't that true of most women? Mm-hmm. I mean, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think this is much more of a, a trap for women than it is for men. Mm-hmm. But yes, are, aren't we always seeking to be pleasers? And, you know, and, yep. you know we, yes. So I, I, I'm guilty. I raised my hand right away. So. <laughs> okay. So
0: while you were digging out the barn yesterday, I spoke to Faith. So let me set that up right here. We're going to take you into my interview with Faith Saley. And then, then at the end, Julie and I will come back. And we will discuss, okay? Okay. Faith Staley, welcome to Satellite Sisters. We've heard you so many times on the radio. It is very fun to have you on our show. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Okay. So here I want to start by defining a couple of terms, which I think are important for understanding everything in your very funny and very personal book. What is the difference between an approval junkie and just a straight up overachiever because you're probably mm. that too.
2: Yeah, I think. Well, as, as you know, there's a chapter in my book called "Ovary Achiever." Um, since I became a mother for the first time at 41 and 43, um, but I I think an overachiever is, is somebody who um, sort of seeks accolades for for really obvious and and empirical achievements. Right? You make you make straight A's or you're the best on that. You score the most goals on the team, or you grow up and you whatever. You have the most fabulous wedding, or you're the, the best in your office, or you, um, you know, you have kids and you bake a gluten-free, nut-free, kosher um, um, flan. I don't know, smoothie for your for your kids right, right. Um, class. And for me and my approval junkiness, it has been a compelling drive, maybe to achieve some of those things, um, but. To prove things to myself, I'm, I'm, I get so much challenge, but also gratification out of constantly proving things to myself. Now, what I want to prove to myself at, I'm 45 now, at the, at the age of 45 is different than what I wanted to prove to myself, you know, say when I was 17 and I oh, wanted God. to see two digits on the scale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank right? God. Yes. Right. So it's, it's an evolution, but it is not, it is not a shedding of a need for approval for me.
0: Okay. All right. So for the purposes of this discussion, I'm going to be your self appointed satellite sister. And oh were, my God,
2: thank you. Because yeah. I've never I have a gay brother which is kind of close, but not I know the real deal. I felt I
0: felt that when I read the the chapter about your brother. Like yeah. that's as close as it gets to satellite sisterhood. And there were there were three times reading through your book where I thought to myself, Oh my God, Faith, what are you thinking? Where, you know, a satellite sister might have intervened or challenged
2: or child- Can I tell you, that's I have often thought when I have listened to your show, I have off truly I've often thought because I also I lost my mom in my 20s so I'm a a motherless mother and a sisterless being and I have often thought that had I had a sister of the like you have you know all all Uh of your sisters um or or a mother just a, a a woman in my life who was so connected and so understanding who could both sort of check me but also unconditionally support me I would not have needed to seek approval so constantly and so outwardly, especially since becoming a mother. I mean, Mm -hmm. Liz, when I first became a mother, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're 41. You're 41 years ignorant. I mean, when you're a first-time mother, you're a first-time mother, no matter how old you are. Yeah, right. And I I, I mean, I I wanted to turn to our nanny and be like, am I doing – like, am I okay? Am I doing this okay? And oh, if I had had a sister. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt, but yes. No, no, no.
0: Okay. No, yeah, your first choice in that scenario would probably be to call your mother and your second choice would be to call your sister. So, uh, but it's clear that you have lots of female friends who also act in that stead for you. But here were a couple of times where I was like,
1: alert, alert, Faith. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) A couple? Okay. When?
0: Okay. Let's just talk about marrying your first husband who you call a husband, which is hilarious. Now, but he also, he called you a, compared you to a howler monkey. And which might be kind of a red flag. And so the idea of marrying a man who was so tough on you when what was most important to you was approval. What do you think, hmm, that's what that's what that was one of my first red flags.
2: And you write about him a lot in the book. And you left out when he asked me if I would consider having an exorcism. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's that. Uh, That's a red flag. Was that
0: before or after you got married? (laughs) That
2: was that was after. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. So we're going to cut you some slack on that. Thanks.
2: (laughs) You know, I don't know if if most people have had a relationship like this. Um, but when my when my husband and I met, it was the year after my mother died. We were both in our mid twenties. He had just beaten cancer twice, and it was this very. And I just moved to LA. I did not grow up in California. I had been living. i had been going to grad school in England. I had had a really wonderful sort of cosseted existence and then launched myself into los angeles where i wanted to be a sitcom star because who doesn't right and and just that in and of itself is is for most people just a, a brutalizing experience right you're no that, that's longer that's number two that's number two on my list faith that i was oh okay we'll, we'll get there <laughs> right but you know so it was a really incredibly when i met my husband and fell deeply madly truly in love with him um I it was a very vulnerable time and I think we both and and as for him too you know and I think we both thought we would find healing in each other and it was as it always is when two people fall in love no matter what their future holds it was amazing it was perfect I was his dream girl and it was also at that time in my life you know in, between women between their sort of mid 20s to their mid 30s when it seems like everybody's getting married and you're somehow taught that you know you're going to go into menopause the day that you're (laughs) that you turn 35 right? right right and and it was a matter of first of all I was just I mean he was just so handsome and charming and all those things and he sort of cast me as his dream girl and I kept falling off the pedestal because I'm not anywhere near perfect but as an approval junkie I kept wanting to get back to where we started. I kept wanting to be the girl that he said helped him through his remission. I kept wanting to be uh, this, the sweet girl and not the howler monkey. And so it was like, you know, and just, there was just downright chemistry there. Like I thought he was so handsome and charming and all those things and smart and funny. And so it was just like, it was a perfect granted dysfunctional, but perfect scratch for an itch for an approval junkie. Like Mm -hmm. here's this man who, you know, and I was, Truly, like, my whole life was about auditioning. Like, somebody cast me as your dream girl.
0: (laughs) Which, and by the way, you hung on to that till the bitter end. There's a whole very funny chapter about what you wore to your divorce. and (sighs) And you're still obsessed at the moment of the divorce with what he thinks of you
2: yeah although by that time i it was i I would l- like to think that I had a little more agency it was more like what do I want him to think of me uh-huh, like i right. i at least at that point I was costuming myself I wanted to send a message now yes i I cared I wanted the message to be oh look what you're gonna you know look what you're missing mister <laughs> even though he was at that point dating a bartender slash um Bathing suit model who was a decade younger than I am but um but yeah I mean I think women can relate to that right I mean everything you wear on a special day has meaning Uh, down to your unmentionables
0: yeah we've I one of the very first Satellite Sister shows we did the conversation was what to wear to an ex-boyfriend's wedding
2: oh that's so good the same dilemma right like, Did you guys go with classy or sexy? Or like <laughs> somewhere in between.
0: It was somewhere in between, which I think yeah. is kind of where you landed for your divorce.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah, you, that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Second red flag for me just is, again, not judging Faith, a, a career choice that is full of like 99% rejection. You mentioned wanting to be a sitcom star. Like, mm-hmm. I, and clearly you're you're talented, you've had a very successful career, you wanted to go into this because you're good at it, just seems like a hard way to make a living for an approval junkie.
2: But perfect for an approval junkie, right? Because if you are constantly seeking approval, then you want this, like, outside barometer of, of applause or laughter or somebody choosing you. Okay. Um, and, you know, I had grown... And also... It, I don't, it sounds like I'm trying to defend myself, no, but no, you're a thousand no. percent correct. Um, I had grown up acting. There was nothing yeah. else I loved to do as much. Now, I, I was also, this is all going to sound like bragging, but it's all goes under the uh, approval column, right? I was also a straight A student. Like, I loved school. I was a geek. I was a nerd. I loved reading. I loved reading and I loved jazz shoes, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> I had not, until I got to Hollywood, um, I had not come up against any big challenges to my ascendant acting career in, in the exciting world of children's musical theater. You know what I mean? I didn't, <laughs> right. I didn't know what I was up against. I went to, I went to, um, to a wonderful college and did improv and, you know, I made out with Matt Damon after, after a musical we did together in college. And, and then I went to grad school and continued to like have this wonderful balance of doing theater and reading books and it, it and there was nothing in me that thought, well, this is gonna stop. This is gonna come to a screeching halt as soon as I get to LA. And I got to LA and um not to brag, but I did get cast quite uh soon thereafter um wearing a bikini on Married with Children. So I was like, <laughs> this is happening guys. This <laughs> is go so- time.
0: Wow, a bikini, I'm married with children, like right? you're clearly on I've path. arrived,
2: yeah, yeah, yes, um you know you know what's interesting i mean and, and uh, the whole book is is about my evolution, I dare say with with needing approval, and I would have given anything in the world at that time to be a sitcom star and to have won an Emmy right uh-huh. and now this is going to sound like bragging, but I swear to God I'm only saying it because it's so ironic i I'm looking at them right now, I have three Emmys, I have three Emmys because I finally found my way or my way found me to be on this amazing show called CBS Sunday morning that I used to watch as a child before going to church, because I helped tell other people's stories Mm -hmm. like taking the spotlight off of me and, and, and stopping seeking approval and, and trying to fit into everybody else's script and learning to script myself and help other people tell their stories. Um, changed everything and yeah. and by the way i only have these emmys because i'm a part of the show i did not <laughs> I did not get an emmy on my own but they're still gold and they're still shiny and and they're really cool to have but in this sort of healthy way they mean so much less to me than what i thought i wanted 20 years ago if that makes sense mm-hmm. Isn't
0: that the beautiful thing about aging though? I mean, I know we don't get a lot of reinforcement for growing old, but there are so many excellent parts of aging. And that is one of them. Perspective perspective. on your actual life.
2: Yeah. Yes. And when, and I know everything I'm about to say is such a cliche, but like, Besides the big game changer being moving from acting to moving from to being more 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 of a journalist and and an interviewer and I like to say like a midwife to other people's stories, the other thing, of course, is is motherhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it doesn't change you, you don't have a pulse, you know. Yeah. And and to realize, and it came so late in life to me, um, to to realize like what's so important. And now I'm I'm happy to tell you that I've gotten to the point where. I know I'm a good mother. I don't have to ask a nanny. I don't have to ask my mother-in-law. I don't, I, I'm not the world's greatest mother, but there is a sense inside me that I know I am the best mother I can be for my particular children.
0: So what do you think is the the best part and the worst part of being an older mom? And I only call you older Mm -hmm. mom because you call yourself that a lot in the book.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, and it's not, I mean, I'm, I don't feel old. I don't feel old at all. Um, Occasionally I look around, like my son's four and my daughter's two. I'm 45. I have a two-year-old. It's not unheard of, but it is anomalous. And I, and I, I guess to answer your question, the, the hugest thing is gratitude. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. I, I'm i'm so unbelievably grateful i constantly say to my children thank you for choosing me Aww. and and the other night my my son said mommy i chose you because you're so happy which i thought was really nice Oh wow! Um, and I, it has to be gratitude because you just have when you when you want something so much for so long and and don't know how you're going to get it and then you pray for it and pay for it <laughs> in equal measure <laughs> mm. um, um, as my children came to me, um, and as their father came to me, you know, he's my, he's my second husband. Um, there's, a, there's such a measure of gratitude in that too. Um, sometimes b- being an older mother is th- the sort of poignancy of it is almost onerous. Uh-huh. I, I, I look, I don't mean to detract from anybody who has kids in t- her twenties or thirties. Maybe they feel it all the time. Like I do, but I, I mean, every, almost every moment of the day, I'm like, oh my God, I am so, you know, even if I'm exhausted and they're driving me crazy, I am so lucky. This is what I wanted. I am, I am so lucky. This is so hard, but this is what I wanted. And it, and it's, sometimes it's annoying. Like I wish I could just have a moment that I'm not trying to remember to write down or, or thanking God for. Um, and then the hardest part is for me personally, is that I guess, for as much as an overachiever as, as you, you have, you know, been kind enough to call me, I also feel weirdly like a late bloomer. And my career, the gratifying part of it, not the sort of sadistic part of it or masochistic part of it, started blooming in my very late thirties and early forties. And it's if you had ever told me back when I was wearing a bikini, I'm married with children, that you'll be so much more successful when you don't want anyone to see you in a bikini and you're sleep deprived, and you have hardly any time to do anything, um, I, I wouldn't have believed it. So at the same time that my personal life has become so engrossing and fulfilling, I also have this career that has taken off and has offered me so many exciting stories to, to, to do and, and to write. And it just, and I hate using this word, because men never use it, but it's the balance. Mm -hmm. I hate using that word. I hate myself for using it. You're in a safe space here, Faith. I know. You can use balance on Satellite Sisters. Do you guys ever adopt sisters? (laughs) Sure. Yes. Oh, my God. Can I please just (laughs) come under your wings? No, but balance is like, like it can't be a noun anymore. It has to be a verb. It just has Mm -hmm. to be a verb for me. And Mm -hmm. it changes every day, you know? Well,
0: as an approval junkie, I do have to give you props for choosing some pretty risky baby names, Faith, because, (gasps) you know, is
2: that
0: a euphemism? No, I'm just saying it's that those are the kinds of baby names that, you know, pop culture commentators like yourself uh, could get, they're mockable.
2: You need to. Okay. So here's my thing with baby names. uh I'm really specific about this. Okay. First of all, and I'm not going to. I don't even think we have time for me to go into the last name thing. I just don't have time for women who don't give their own children their own last name. Okay. okay. That. Uh, anyway. Um. So. Uh. My thing about names. I think names should be not made up. I. I don't understand the names that are made up. Um. I think like you know like Avery that's an office supply and and Addison and Emerson that's Emerson's a college in Boston. I don't get it. So they need to be not made up. They need to be not trendy. Like uh-huh. why would you want to name your kid? Olivia, if there are going to be four other in her class, right? Mm-hmm. I'm making so many enemies right now. I'm
0: enjoying the and, fact that you're so judgmental about this. Oh, I'm so, <laughs> I
2: don't know why. It's, instead of, why. Instead of live and
0: let live, I gave my kids risky names and so you can too, but no. Okay,
3: go ahead. Okay, M- wait, more rules on this?
2: <laughs> here's my third, and then I'm going to ask you to edit this all out because you're right. I sound like a real judgmental um, a howler monkey. Um, and the third one is it should mean something. It should it should mean something. Mm. So. Um, I named my son Augustus. Uh, He's my husband's favorite character from all of history. And uh, we were married in Rome and our son was conceived in Rome. And Caesar Augustus left Rome. What was it? He came to Rome, a city of bricks and left it a city of marble. So we hope our son improves the world. I like that. And then our daughter Minerva, that's the Roman equivalent of Athena. So she's a goddess of arts, wisdom and war. Um, But but we named her when we were walking through Piazza della Minerva and went into the the um, church of Minerva in Rome and were lighting candles for her when I had just found out that I was pregnant with a girl. So that's where those come from. But you're right. I'm too judgmental. What are no. your kids' names? No, I, I
0: don't have kids. And I don't, I don't judge. But it is funny that it is like a full-time pop culture job to mock People. But I didn't so name it's... them
2: after, like, a fruit.
0: Or... <laughs> I'm not judging. I do not no, judge. No, wait. No, now, I when think... you
2: say that, do you, do you truly not judge? Or do you judge? Are you just good at your job and you don't judge in an interview, but, like, deep in your soul, you're judging a little bit?
0: And Let me think. Let me, I mean. Anybody. You're... When it comes to kids' names, I no, I really think, like, whatever you want to name your child, as long as you have the child in mind, like, understand, like, when they're five or when they're 15, that the name you give them not become a burden, right? True. I think just you should not burden your children with your eccentric choice. And I'm, That's right. Yeah. 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 So, so who
2: knows how that'll turn out? But you know what? I bet you're going to get a lot of email about this, <laughs> and everyone's going to hate me.
0: Okay. Let's talk about a lot of email, because this was the third red flag. You're the Segway queen. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. The uh, CBS Sunday Morning is yeah. such a great show, and you do a great job on it. But Thanks. you did a piece about um, just not being a pet person. Again, <sighs> I again, know. that's okay. That's okay, Faith. You're allowed to be whoever you want to be. It's not okay though.
2: But not if our you, culture.
0: if you want approval from everyone, that's a risky position to take. And then you really cross the line. This is where I was like, "Oh, Faith, don't do that." You read the comments online, Faith. Yeah. Don't read the, never read the comment section. But that sounds like that was a tough one for you. Taking the, the anti-pet position was rough.
2: (laughs) Oh my God. You're spelling that R-U-S-M, right? (laughs) Okay. I love um, radio puns. Um, Yeah. Uh, Look, I would, I would argue that maybe it was, that was a big learning moment for me. Both in realizing if I'm going, one of my roles on Sunday morning and just in my career is to do commentary. And yeah. in order to do meaningful commentary or trenchant commentary, one has to have an opinion. Exactly. So, so that was actually a, a big turning point in, in my career, um, as, as a whatever journalist and commentator and as an approval junkie, which is, Look if you're gonna have an opinion, you're gonna make enemies. you just mm-hmm. always are, and I would also say that if you're a woman with an opinion, you're gonna make more enemies, and your enemies are not just gonna disagree with your opinion, they are gonna tell you that you look ugly like right. in in a way that they don't tell men that no, I'm convinced of this I, no, i'm totally
0: I totally agree right, which is why the comments section is the danger zone, not the yep. having
2: the opinion, yeah, yep, no, you're right, and mm-hmm. that was that was um that was a watershed moment for me because I did i I've done lots of commentaries on Sunday morning. Um, I had been on Fox news twice, you know, talk, talk about, you know, n- not, not reaching your target demo. And, um, and I've always gotten negative and positive feedback, but if you dare say pe- women can say they don't want to have children and that's fine. And it is fine, by the way, more power to you. If you dare say you don't want to have a pet, you're a horrible person. <laughs> you're horrible. And know. and I'm as I tell you this, Liz, I'm looking at my husband's dog. He's a really sweet dog. He smells, but he's so sweet. And he's on the floor in front of me. He's a rescue dog. He's a wonderful dog. I just didn't want a dog. I know. Anyway. I, I, I respect that. As
0: you tell me this, I'm looking at my dog on the floor. His name is Ferris. And for the first time ever in his life, Ferris is wearing pink booties on his feet. Okay? <gasps> Not because I am the type of person to put pink booties on my dog. But Ferris
2: obviously identifies as a girl
0: dog. No, the the wood floors here are very slippery, and he's a super old dog. So his his legs kept splaying apart. And I was like, what can I do so he can just stand up on the floors? And I was talking to a friend on the phone. She said, You know what you need? You need like one of those pairs of socks they give you in the hospital that have like grippers (laughs) on the bottom. (laughs) Like for (laughs) top wear. So I actually went to, um, I went to the store and uh, to the pet store and asked if they had that. And of course they do because everyone in America loves pets, Faith. That's why they have that product. And everyone in America hates me. Yes. No,
2: you're right. And by the way, I just want to be clear on this. I'm not at all judgmental about the name Ferris for your dog. All bets are off with dogs. You can name them anything. But, um, but you know what? It was that I write about that chapter in my book because it really is. If, if, if you are a self-avowed approval junkie, and you live in the age of social media, yeah. you, you have to make a choice. And that is when I really realized I mean there were hundreds and hundreds of hateful commentary, like attacking Ooh. attacking me personally. I mean, some said there was one that was like, you are you need to smoke stop smoking cigarettes because you're obviously way too skinny and don't get enough sun. And first of all, I don't smoke cigarettes. So I wrote that person back. I mean, that made me feel like Nicole Kidman. I was I was like a short Nicole Kidman. I was I was thrilled. I was like skinny and and pale. Um, and then somebody was like, you've clearly never been unconditionally loved. And basically what I learned from that was, um, if I'm going to have an opinion, you're right. Don't read the comments. You can't, you just can't, you can't absorb it. It's, it's so, it's so ridiculous. And as, as my husband said to me, like, who, who are the type of people who, who take, you know, who use their energy to write those kind of comments? I know. And I can tell you, they're also just so ungrammatical. (laughs) People spell the C word with
3: a K. Let me just put it that way. No, I know. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who... Bring a touch of something special to your life. Aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. I agree with you. As
0: you write in the book, that there are a million more ways for a woman to lose approval than a man. Like, amen, sister, for sure. We were talking about this last week, just the... The anti Ghostbuster backlash. Oh my God. And how gender specific that is and the personal nature of those attacks. You know, it still uh, shocks us that that's the way people react. Don't go see the movie. What maybe. about Hillary Clinton? <laughs> yes. Hillary no.
2: Clinton has she issues. She has to. She's supposed to, you know, win. Talk about approval ratings. She, she's supposed to win approval for being all the things we expect of a president historically, like tough yeah. and presidential, whatever that means. I just put it in air quotes. Well, historically, it's meant white and male, or at least mostly white. And but then she's also, you know, castigated for for being. Uh, well, of course, we all know the people apply the word shrill to her. Yeah, you know. Um, and she's castigated for not being human enough, right? And I that's know, that's my favorite is when, woman when yeah. people
0: say that she has to show more vulnerability. There is no man in a leadership position in the history of the world who, is who, who has ever
2: been told that his problem is he needs to show more vulnerability. That's right. That's right. And I, I also thought it was fascinating um, many debates ago she, when she said something about, look, you guys know I'm not a natural politician. And it was, a, I thought it was a, I thought she meant it, but I also thought it was incredibly savvy. She was self deprecating, and we expect that of women. Not one man, not one man on the campaign trail this year has had one moment of self de- deprecation. Mm-hmm. And I can even tell you it was an interesting exercise writing my memoir. I, I am naturally self deprecating, um, I, I hope, and also just like making people laugh, and in that territory is, is territory of self deprecation. But I also had to be reminded to be self deprecating. Um, from my male book agent many times. Cause in a way that I don't think a man writing his own story would have to keep in mind, like, don't sound braggy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. This is, this is just my theory.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I know. I, one of the best pieces of business advice I ever got was from a woman. I was the chief marketing officer at a big company and there was one woman on the board of directors and I had given a presentation to the board And she came into my office afterwards, and she was lovely and gave me a lot of really good advice. But the one I remember the most is that she said, Liz, never stand in a room and tell people that you're lucky, that you're lucky you have a good team or that you're lucky you have this. She said because men never ascribe their success to luck.
2: Men oh always gosh, just take, true.
0: men always take full credit for their success. And women were constantly saying, well, I'm so lucky that I have this team and I'm so lucky. But that's she, nice of us. Yes, I know. But she said, she said, that's not luck. You picked that team. You created the team that did the work. I, yeah.
2: I love expressing gratitude.
0: Yeah. No, but, but she, there's a difference between gratitude and luck. And She's, luck. That's true. And she said, men, often say to me when she's talking about like her life and her career you're so lucky that your husband has supported your career and she, oh no, that makes me so angry and she always reminds them that's not luck i picked him yeah <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Why I, anyway it's just one and well, of those no no
2: one said uh, like how often does that someone say that to a man you're yeah. so lucky you had a a, a wife who in the supported your career
0: days. or right right anyway so the okay i want to end by talking about your mom because you write very beautifully about her and Thank you, you and she died 20 years ago but it's it's clear that you still think about her and miss her oh my god
2: i think about her in new ways like you become a mother and you learn even if your mother's long gone you learn about your own mother or or even more heartbreakingly you wonder you wonder these things that you can never have answers to
0: yeah yeah
2: well one of the things you write is that
0: she would write a little note to you every day or whenever she did that she always signed it i pray for you peace purpose and happiness i love yeah. you mom
2: xox which oh, that is so lovely Oh, you know, uh, I'm actually, I've got tears in my eyes. It's, um, I was just talking about this with someone today. Um, yeah, she wrote me a card a week from the day I left for college when I was 18 until she died. Um, so that was, you know, 12, uh, whatever, um, eight years. And, and she always signed it, uh, you know, saying that she prayed for my peace, purpose, and happiness. And, and it took so long, it took so long to find those. And, and, um, and now that I'm, and, and I wish she had been alive, you know, to see me find them. And now that I'm a mother, that's, of course, that's my prayer for my own children. Um, and I was talking about that with someone just today, actually. And, and she was saying, what, what a kind of wonderful exercise to think of what everyone must have a prayer for his or her own children. And what was your mother's prayer for you? And how can you make it come true in your life? Hmm. That's so nice. Yeah, she was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's just, I'm happy for you that you feel like you have achieved a level of peace, purpose, and happiness that your mother wished for you. That oh, was...
2: thank you, but I got to say, the peace that comes and goes. <laughs> <Like> having, <laughs> having kids around is, 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 is not the most peaceful thing, but. <laughs> well, good luck with
0: that, and thank you so much <laughs> for for joining us on Satellite Sisters Faith Daily. It's really been. A pleasure to talk about approval junkie adventures and caring caring too much. Good luck.
2: Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I feel lucky to have talked to you and <laughs> grateful too. Thank you so much, Liz.
0: All right, thanks, Faith. Bye. Bye. All right, we are back. That was fun. It was really a lot of fun to talk to Faith. Julie, uh, you read
1: the book, right? I love this book, Liz. When I was reading it, I was actually like snorting. I was <laughs> laughing so hard in part. I mean, I love. She has the term. She got me at the term "husband." been. Yes. that's her term for her ex-husband. She yes. calls him husband. Okay, very funny. That yeah. is really funny. But there's also, I mean, so many parts of the book that were really tender. I mean, she writes very lovingly about her mother, and she talked about her her mother just now, you know, and you know, finding her mother's recipes for baking, and she became a you know quite an accomplished baker just because. This is what her mother did. And that, you know, that kind of choked me up because I know I have some of mom's recipes. And when I see her handwriting, you know, that loopy little handwriting, it just, I don't know, it just makes, you know, making whatever the pate or whatever that much more special because uh, it was something that our mother always did. So I love that. Yeah. So the book is great.
0: And I think that's why Leanne, every 4th of July, posts our mother's recipe for blueberry muffins. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which would seem like a simple thing, a blueberry muffin. But Edna Dolan's blueberry muffins uh, were it's pretty, complicated. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty darn so she good. made them
1: work.
3: They were pretty good. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here. And we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting. Great reviews. Leanne. I am not surprised. You have been on that
0: Prose hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have
3: great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, Prose is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, Butcher box, And now, a listen, very
0: and a very high blueberry to muffin ratio, which I think is the key. Anyway, yes, what else did you want to comment on?
1: I, I just did want to I just am chuckling that again, Faith is asking Liz Dolan for advice on kids. I love this. <laughs> I I really I wanted to just shout out. I mean, it's like, Faith, it's Liz. Don't ask her. She you you're just gonna get the worst advice about kids from from Liz, but She's so earnest and just, you know, that's, that was, that was really cute. No, I so think, uh,
0: I think the idea that she understands the power of a sisterhood. Uh, yeah, is uh, that was really nice. And when you read her book, when you read the acknowledgments at the end of the book, she's got many, many female friends who have helped her through many of the tougher uh, parts of um, of her life's journey, shall we say. So anyway, that was very enjoyable. I did. You know, I had to bring up the pet thing, Julie, because if you know our position on hashtag stay noisy, like if you want to stay noisy, then you also have to be prepared to take the heat. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh clearly we at Satellite Sisters we are pet people and and she is not but I confessed about the pink booties to oh, Faith yeah, because I felt
1: I felt she would understand. Well, I don't know what she'd understand. I'm shocked to hear about the pink booties. Pink? Did Ferris approve pink? No. And
0: actually I feel bad about the pink. I have to say. <laughs> so the idea is He's so old that sometimes he has trouble standing up, but especially on floors that are slick, he has trouble either getting up or standing still without his legs splaying apart. Yeah. And so as I explained, when I was talking to Faith, I was talking to my friend Mary on the phone and she's the one who said like, get him some of those hospital booties. So, but when I went to the pet store, they had small, medium and large. He's, he's a medium, they kept telling me, 30-pound terrier-ish, uh, is a medium. And the only color they had in medium
1: was pink, Julie. Okay, so. well, he loves you. Ferris <laughs> loves you a lot to wear pink socks. I'm just saying. That's that's the key to it. That's the essence of a dog right there, you know, that, okay, she wants me to put these pink things on me. All right. You know, I All almost good. didn't buy them. I literally... I
0: walked out the door like, I'm sorry I cannot buy pink. And then I got to the parking lot and I'm like, that's insane. I know. He, he I know. doesn't really care what color they are. <laughs> he's probably colorblind. By I now. know. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I think he's totally blind at this point. I don't think he can see anything. Aww. So I turned around from the parking lot and went back in and bought the pink, just rationalizing he doesn't really know they're pink. And why do I care that they're pink? Yeah. It just are they? Well, are they working? Is it helping? Yes, it is helping a lot. Yes. And it's helping a lot. And uh, they, he will occasionally tear one off with his teeth. But I put <laughs> can't, blame them. Can't, <laughs> can't blame him. Can't blame him. No, I would do the same thing if somebody tried to put pink booties on me. So, um, so in that, we are together. So yeah. there you have it. Wow. Been a, a busy, busy week here at
1: Satellite Sisters. Yeah. Um, So, so, well, so we'll be back next week, of course, uh, with, I'll have a full Nana camp first, first week report. uh, And you're going to continue to do nothing there. in then that's your strategy. That's my strategy. Yesterday
0: I ordered some Nespresso pods. So that was the big accomplishment yesterday. Way to go Liz. (laughs) Oh no. I also went to deep water running in the pool. Have you ever done that? That no, is no. that is exhausting. Can I just yeah. say, like, I actually had to take Advil last night before I went to bed. Oh, on- I
1: like running, so I'm sure I wouldn't like it in the water. I'm sure it's hard. I'm sure no, it's hard. It's hard. To-
0: it's better than it is on sidewalks, but it's still hard. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, I did that. And uh, on Sunday, actual Sunday, not fake Sunday, I have a VIP guest arriving, Julie. And okay. Okay. And a, the guest has a member of her family. So the VIP guest is our former executive producer, Corny Cole, will be joining me here in Bend, Oregon, which I'm very excited about. And with her on what she called an epic road trip on her Twitter last night will be her dog, Bitsy.
1: So that that will be fun. Okay, do you think Bitsy's going to be jealous because she doesn't have pink socks? <laughs> I don't know. Knowing Corny... Bitsy may have
0: many selections of socks, including okay, pink. Okay. Corny is all about the dressing up her dog, which is something yeah. I've never. She believes in Halloween costumes for dogs. The picture she tweeted out yesterday, if you check her on Twitter. I
1: saw that with the goggles on the <laughs> yes. dog on Bitsy.
0: Yeah. Driving goggles. So yeah, if, Bitsy, if Bitsy is driving goggles, she probably has pink socks. Anyway, so uh, so they will roll in here on Sunday. But our plan is to do the Tuesday show on Tuesday, right?
1: That's the plan, Liz. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. Well, enjoy your weekend. You too, Uh, sister. Anyone who wants to stay in touch with us, the best way to do it is to join our Facebook group, the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. You can like our Facebook page, which is where we post news from us. My Twitter handle is at SSLiz. Julie is at Julie Satsis. Uh, Leon is at Leon Dolan. Or you can just follow at... Sat Sisters. That's probably yeah, the easiest. That is the easiest. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the easiest. Uh, and if you get a chance to review our show at Stitcher, at iTunes, that is really helpful to us. So um, have a great couple of days, Julie. Um too. Good luck with the launch of Nanocamp. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.